This is Chance Skowski. Hi, this is Carson Short. Hi, this is Ben Schmidt, driver of the Gibbsville Cheese 35 Sprint Car. Hey, I'm Blake Emey. Hi, this is Will Garrett. Hey, this is Bill Baylog. Hey, I'm Steve Post, the Postman with MRN and Wing Nation. Hi, this is Lauren Kelly. And it's lights out, and away we go! It's been a minute. We're back here with another episode of the Box Three Pod presented by Professional Plating, and we're back. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's just me and Trevor today. Yeah, we're just staring um, at each other awkwardly. It's too early in the day for Will to be here, and Tish was just on. Just doesn't care. <laughs> another epi- no, he was on another episode of the Box Three Pod, which is just called Inside the Helmet. Is Inside the Helmet, with? hosted by Trevor Frank. Yeah, that guy sucks. Um, and that will, that actually, I just released it right now, but I still have to like post it around so people know it's there, but, um, it'll be live once this episode goes up. So go check that out. It's pretty cool. It's like a little deep dive into it's just recorded depression sessions, honestly, (laughs) but it was actually, I listened to it. I was pretty entertained. I thought I was, it was interesting to hear his, you know, side of like the whole situation he's been in this year with moving to the IRA and stuff and how. You guys actually have a lot of similar experiences with racing and with, you know, the, what really hit me was you guys both talking about your dads and how much they help you. And that was actually really, it was a really good listen. And I think it, I think a lot of people, especially racing drivers, like if you're a race car driver and you're listening to this right now, go listen to that. Cause I think, I think a lot of race car drivers will relate to what you guys had to say in that podcast. I thought it was really interesting. So um, but no, we, it's been a minute since it's we've been, been here a while, for, for a podcast. <laughs> I've um, seen you like every weekend since mid-April. Well, that's the so. thing. So we've all just been, <laughs> once race season kind of kicked off and Box 3 decided to sign 30 drivers this year, <laughs> we, uh, we've we been pretty busy. Um, and we just haven't had a lot of time during the week. You know, I'm working this deal full time now and you're, you know, broken, you're broken, uh, <laughs> but you work full time, you know, and everybody else does too. So it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a battle to find a good time to record this, but we were like, you know what? We had to record, we're recording another episode of Inside the Helmet today with you and, uh, Brian Peterson. That's a big episode. And, um, so that's going to be really cool. Um, not the midget driver, Brian Peterson, no. the, uh, snowcross, dri- yeah. snowcross rider, Brian Peterson, which the is the guy who re- slid Devin Denman at Plymouth last so year. <laughs> he, that's going to be a really cool episode. So uh, stay tuned for that later this week, or actually, might as well release it next Monday. Um, but yeah, this will be a full on, full fledged episode of the Box Three Pod. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, um, but I'm excited that we're back here, and I'm excited to be here with you. It's kind of nice to. Have a new face in the studio. Not really a new face, but <laughs> as if we haven't seen each other enough. Lately. Well, I know, but just here in this in this capacity is kind of nice. Yeah, um, usually it's Will. Yeah, I love Will. I mean, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> I love him, but I'm also not sad to take his spot. Well, I text I texted him today, and he was like, "Yeah, that's gonna be a little early." And I was like, well, "Yeah, well, okay." <laughs> I'm just I'm fortunate enough to get done at two o'clock every day. Well, because... we have actually really cool. On this episode, the reason we're doing it so early is we have an interview with Russell Borland <laughs> that we still have to record today, uh, which is going to be really cool. He's, he's, I told him, I was like, I texted him today about it, and he's like, I was like, hey, are you good to do an interview tonight? And he's like, yeah, what time do you need me? And I was like, oh, oh you know, we're on five or something like that. And we're like, yep. And I was like, you're, you're kind of the hot commodity around, <laughs> around Wisconsin right now. The lightning leprechaun. Oh, I'm so <laughs> excited. 
Uh, and then we still have to record, like I said, the episode with Brian Peterson. So we're gonna be here a while. Yeah, we've got a full <laughs> we've got a full day ahead. So I think we're going to head right into the show because we've got about an hour to knock all this out before we gotta get on the horn with Russell Borland. So I'm pretty pumped. So what do you say? Let's get into it. Yay. Whether it's for motorsports or recreational items, household or manufacturing needs, Professional Plating Incorporated can meet and exceed your expectations for all of your zinc plating, e-coating, and powder coating needs. Located in Brilliant, Wisconsin, Pro Plating is a top shop in the entire USA, running production for the likes of John Deere, Harley-Davidson, and more. When you want the best quality and service, Professional Plating is where you need to be. Visit them online at www.proplating.com. Alright, we're here with the news, aka Aggressive Goes Around, where we go around the world of motorsports in search of the hottest topics and latest news. And we have been absent for a while and a lot has happened. The last episode we recorded was after F1 testing. Wow. There's been, what is it, six races? Seven races? I don't know, Max has won at like all of the ones that finished. So. <laughs> Except for... Except for... Monaco, which is what we're going to talk about right now. Sergio Perez taking home the win, and Ferrari remembered it was Ferrari and <laughs> destroyed uh, Charles Leclerc's chances of finally taking a win. In At least he finished. He did finish, <laughs> um, which is his fir- the first time he's finished a race, an FIA sanctioned race at the Monaco Grand Prix, including <laughs> including the vintage race. Yes, including. <laughs> so that was a demonstration run where he took out Nicky Lauda's. Basic, it has to be priceless, right? There's no championship yeah. winning Ferrari F1 car, um, and the brakes failed, and he bent it into a wall. <laughs> Do you remember our group chat when we saw that on Facebook? Oh my god! Because Tish is a huge Ferrari fan. Like so he's Tish, a bit. No, he's a big. I'd say Leclerc he's a big fan. Leclerc fan. Yeah. But he didn't. He didn't F1 before he met us. So mm-hmm. he like. Just through what we watched or whatever, and he, he became like a Ferrari and Charles Leclerc fan. And, mm-hmm. and then I sent to the group chat that video with LOL Spaghetti Boy wrecked. <laughs> it's so great. I mean, it's it's basically, I saw a, uh, <laughs> there's a really great YouTube channel with not a lot of subscribers yet. It's called Rocket Powered Mohawk. And uh, he does these F1 race, like, meme review kind of things. But it's it's just him with sunglasses on and headphones. And he's got a mohawk. And he's just sitting in a convertible, like, Corvette I've in his seen garage. His TikToks. They're yeah. great TikToks. Great TikToks. Um, but he was saying how uh, Charles Leclerc and the Monaco Grand Prix have a relationship like Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't see that one. <laughs> he's like, well, as he said, it's toxic, it's abusive, and eventually one of them's going to take a dump on a mattress. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, can he say that? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was confirmed. Now, I don't think that's, that's not defamation. Uh, so, but yeah, that's kind of sad. He ended up finishing fourth. Uh, Max Verstappen finished third. The first time he's finished a race this year without winning, um, and but he still does lead the world championship. However, you've seen. Throughout the season so far, Sergio Perez vibing, kind of like just <laughs> just plugging away, yeah. and he's in third in the championship now, and he's only what is he eighteen points behind it's Max close. or something, and like the top three are really close. Where's Lewis at? I don't see him yeah, that's kind of weird. weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, so that's another. There was another Rocket Mohawk, Power Mohawk video where he said that Mercedes fired the wrong driver. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. Because look at how Valtteri is performing with Alfa Romeo. Or how he's consistent like consistent. He was yeah, he's consistently <laughs> in the top ten and most of the time in the top five with Alpha. And then you've got Lewis Hamilton, who has been outperformed by George Russell at almost every race this year. And George has had a top five in every single race this year. He's and he been ripping. I think he's fourth in points, right behind Sergio. So the literally the top four, like if Mercedes get their stuff together right now and are all of a sudden George a, could George could win the championship. Yeah, but 100%. Lewis is Oh, he's gone. He's, no, he's done. He's gone. There's no <laughs> he's, way. He's um, uh, he doesn't have the easiest to drive car this year. And, and and then suddenly he's terrible. However, well that's the thing is he doesn't have the best car and he's awful, but George Russell's in the same machinery and Just he's vibing doing very well. <laughs> he's doing fine. He's that he's that like best of the rest guy right now. It almost makes me think that like not even so. One of the topics that I'm going to talk to Brian about is like hitting a cliff at a certain age, mm-hmm. uh, because obviously he races snowcross, and that's really hard on your body. Like every every form of racing is hard on your body, but none other than jumping over stuff. Oh yeah. Um. So I don't know that he's. I think Lewis can still win races. Oh yeah. But I think his Iron Manny type was mm-hmm. was really a lot of car, and, and I hate yeah. to say that because that's such a you know argument, but it's like. You know, you look at him now where he's actually got to, like, figure some stuff out, and it's mm-hmm. just not going well. And we love to hate on Lewis Hamilton, but we also just did that because we really like Max Verstappen. <laughs> yeah. um, however, you know, you have to you have to say he's one of the best drivers of all time. However, there is a point where I think you're – I don't know if it's the talent part of it or if he's just getting to that, like you said, to that age. However, I really feel like last year took a lot out of him. Having and, to fight it, yeah, and having and having all of and the losing. the the you know shit storm <laughs> yeah. of just Twitter and, and social but, media but and everything, all yeah, that, and then it, all of that would have been that, fine if, if he you, wouldn't yeah. have lost. <laughs> yep, but then the fact that he lost and in the way that he lost, oh, yeah. I feel like that there's no way that doesn't take a toll. Yeah. Um, however, we got to move on from Monaco because this this coming weekend we've got Baku. Yeah. And look who just won at Monaco. I love the street circuit two races. It's I know. so good. <laughs> who just won at Monaco is the same guy that won at Baku last year. We could legitimately see Sergio Perez be second right in up points. in second in points <laughs> and right there with Max after this weekend. Because Leclerc is, he's just, I mean, I, the, the castle section it still exists. <laughs> so. Him and street circuits just don't, they don't work. Um, Tish, remember when uh, we had our boys F1 season and Tish was in the Ferrari <laughs> yeah. and just, Fenced at the castle section, and he it was so fitting. He just he just left. It was so fitting. He, yeah, he just left. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Baku is going to be pretty cool. I I think Red Bull, one of the two Red Bulls, will take the win there. Obviously, Ferrari's still going to be super strong, but with that long straight, I feel like Red Bull's nice going to just. Crank. Yeah, I think Red Bull will just yeah run away with it. I hope so. <laughs> Um, NASCAR at Gateway was kind of insane. I don't know if you watched any of the... I watched the highlights. Yeah. There's Ross Chastain, uh, watermeloned himself into a bunch, <laughs> of, a bunch of different cars and, uh, he played the AJ Allmendinger role. He just hit everything he could. Yeah. Um, however, I don't really agree with Denny Hamlin parking it in front of him for like six laps and NASCAR was literally about to, uh, say that the number one car, which is Ross Chastain, wasn't meeting minimum speed. But that was because Denny Hamlin was backing him up so bad and running him into the wall and running him down. And then uh, there was at one point where Hamlin, at full speed, 
waited on him on the backstretch, and Chastain had to go down into the infield to pass him because Hamlin blocked him so bad. And, of course, NASCAR does nothing about it because that's what they like. And I just feel like it's getting to the point now where, and we're going to talk about this in a, a, in a little bit here, but the trickle-down effect of, like, let's say you're a young kid, right, and you're a Denny Hamlin fan, and you see that, and you're like, oh, okay. And then you go out to your cart track that weekend. Crash the shit And you someone. just, <laughs> you you know, somebody, I've seen this happen at Thunder Hill a million times. We had a kid who is actually the son of a very, very prominent racing family. I know who you're talking about. And <laughs> he was driving from the wall to the infield back to the wall every straightaway in a, in a box stock cart. And just hitting people and then coming to the line. It was for second, too. <laughs> it wasn't even close to the guy in the lead. And coming to the line, he hit uh, a local girl and then wrecked three other people behind him and one of them got hurt. And it's like, so when you see that stuff happen, it, it the trickle-down effect. And I've, I just, I screenshotted a bunch of tweets about this next topic that we're going to talk about. But, and the trickle-down effect is really real right now. I think what, with all these little kids watching NASCAR and even... Even teenagers, you know, watching NASCAR and they're, you know, if they're trying to make their way up in like the ARCA series or something like that, and they see the big, the big guys in the cup series doing all this stuff, why can't they do it in their series, you know? And I think it's just kind of like, there's one thing which is like, it's just hard racing, which I think was what Chastain was doing. I'm a big Chastain fan, so I, I, I like watermelon. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think that there is a point where, okay, then maybe a little payback is warranted. But what Denny was doing, and then after the race, he said, you really have to fence these guys hard to make them listen. And it's like, mm, I don't know that that's true. That's not a good thing they to say. They were just like throwing something really heavy at somebody. They tend to listen after that. Ask me how I know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also, but like you can't say that and expect, and not expect young kids to do the same. You know what I mean? Like, these guys are all role models, and I feel like they're kind of missing that Hell, right now. people at our, like, our level are role models. Yeah. Like, sometimes I sit back and think, like, you know, I was at the at Plymouth Saturday, and we're hanging out in the R&H trailer, and, like, I was talking to Lance's daughter, and then I just, like, sat back and thought, I'm like, uh, you know, I, like, grew up watching Lance race, like yeah. Lance Fosbender. Oh, yeah. And then, like, suddenly I'm, like, hanging out by his trailer and talking to him. Like, yep. we're, for, like... That dude was my role model when mm-hmm. I was younger, and now I'm just like, oh, hey, how's it going, Lance? You know, like, yeah. it's just, and it's a different thing at our level, too, because we're way more accessible than a NASCAR driver. Like, right, yeah, You exactly. can walk after the races into the pits, get a hero card for me, and have a conversation with me. Yeah, but here's the thing, and I feel like those role models that we had, especially guys like Lance, who is one of the cleanest drivers you will ever meet, um, you know, we had good role models for that, especially at the local level. But then, you know, you get to nowadays where, and this is the next thing we're going to talk about, is, like, let's say you got a kid, like an outlaw car kid, watching midget racing right now, and it's just, oh. it's a complete <laughs> shit show. It, it is just, so I It is slide or die every single lap for 17th. Right, so just to wrap, wrap up NASCAR Gateway, Joey Logano took the win. It was actually an extremely good race between him and Kyle Busch. Um, it, was, it was really fun to watch. However... Moving on here, this is a question that I wanted to raise to you, and just because I know you're fairly new-ish to the whole midget racing scene, and so am I to an yeah. extent. Um, I mean, more than you probably, right? <laughs> but there's there's a whole thing. There is is there an, a genuine problem with midget racing? And I have some screenshotted tweets here. Um, 
somebody was asking what happened in the midget race because they just saw that Twitter blew up. And uh, our friend Kyle Loomis from Sun Prairie, he says, Cliff Notes, old guys are sick of the way new guys race them. New guys are sick of the way old guys race them. New guy dished medicine to the old guy. Old guy was grumpy about it. General consensus is lack of respect is destroying midget racing. I think that sums it up pretty good. That's fair. And, like, and that's that's really what it is because you see a guy like Timez who has been slider die his whole career. That's just the way he races. That dude right? makes a living off slider die. Right. But there's a slider die thing and then and then there's what like Bryant Wiedemann did to Taylor Reimer. Like Taylor was on the bottom, side by side with <laughs> the Brian. audacity to slide someone running the bottom. But they by were the way. <laughs> they were side by side coming in the corner, and they both like they're clearly both going to slide like each other. And Bryant just drove straight into the side of her, and it's like that you can't do. And then there was another problem where um, it was the battle for the lead, and Buddy Colfoid and uh, Timez, and Timez roughed up Colfoid, and then Colfoid Buddy didn't wreck him. No, but then Buddy did wreck Justin yeah. Grant. And, however, Justin Grant has been one of those guys that's oh, wrecked. He killed he's, Chase McDermott. He, exactly. He's, so I don't feel any, any No, I don't feel Justin bad about Grant. that. And, but Buddy Colfoyd's done that a lot in his career, too. And then, but that's just, I feel like that's what it, it that's what it takes to win midget races now. And Timez did say that. And he's like, I did what I had to do to beat him. And I had to rough him up to win. And now it's like, if you don't do that. And he also brought up a really good point. He said... If I don't produce wins, these guys are going to shit-can me for RMS. And I feel like the way that midget racing is now, whether it's a pay driver or whatever, you have to perform. You have to win races. You have to get top tens in order to keep that ride. And even if you're a pay driver, I feel like they could just be like, no, we'll just take somebody else's money. You know? Because there's so many people. That there's so many. Money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you get a guy like... Um, what about uh, Myatt Snyder? No, nah, that's not Myatt. Nah, what's no. The, what's Steven Snyder Jr.? That's yeah. The, yeah, do you remember that tweet yeah. where he wrecked about 803 cars at the Chili Bowl and someone uh, said, holy shit, kid, you should have took the $10,000? Yeah, <laughs> but there's that, there's that whole thing. But then, like, if you're a pay driver at the top, like, the very, very top level, um, whether it's from sponsorship or whatever. Like, I know Kaylee Bryson has that deal with JBL, I think it is, and Toyota, Dude, Toyota obviously. Right, she can <laughs> drive. But then, you know, there's other people that, that get up there and, you know, they have, if they're in a Keith Coons car, let's say, and they're one of the best. That's one of the best cars there. And you have really fast machinery, but you don't know what the hell you're doing. Like, I feel like that's where it gets into that point where you know there's a problem. And Wikipedia, who is, you know, one of the biggest midget, you know, figures, social media, whatever. And he says we need a reset on the driving style of midget racing. You get dumped. You get dumped. You get dumped. Yeah. And that's pretty much what it is. Uh, Chris Windham, who just recently got out of midget racing to go wing racing. And, and got out qualified by Tyler Tishmore. He did, he, did get, he did get out qualified by Tyler Tishmore. Uh I would call it more of an entertainment show than racing. You race for about 25% of the time and dodge crashes or getting crashed the other 75%. And I feel like that also sounds it up very good. Brian Stanfill. And you can't go knock out a 13-year-old. I grew up. With Sleepy as a mentor, I don't know who that who that is. Uh, but these kids need a Sleepy in their life, not a fat bank account. They have talent, just need a little respect. Um, Wikipedia, this is where I was talking about the trickle-down effect. Doesn't help those kids watch a lot of questionable things on Sundays now, too. Trickle-down effect is real. Yeah. And I, again, that just comes back <sighs> to the watching whatever you see. Like, clearly, these kids aren't watching World of Outlaws races. 
No. World of Outlaws puts on some of the cleanest, most intense racing you will ever see. Same thing with All-Stars, exception of Ian Madsen. <laughs> oh, um, Taylor Norris is going to Snapchat you later. I really don't care. <laughs> um, but the All-Stars do too, and they put on some of the cleanest racing you will ever see. But it's also some of the hardest racing. And But then you go watch NASCAR, and it's just, you know, door slam. Yeah, literally. Uh, and... I know they got fenders, and I know they encourage that kind of thing, but that that's got to be you know part of the reason why. And then, especially when you have the top level of midget racing, guys literally just coming out and saying like, "I had to drive him dirty to beat it." Like that, and that that coming from a guy like Timez tells you you have a major major problem. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, I'm new to midget racing, kind of. Like I don't really know it very mm-hmm. well. But I've seen some really good midget races, but not recently. I nope. like I haven't. I, honestly, like I see USACs on, and I just don't care because I, I mean. So what am I gonna do? I, so I have to get up every day for work. Mm-hmm. So if I see a Wednesday night midget race, am I really gonna want to stay up for it? Because mm-hmm. it's gonna get done at ten thirty because they're gonna have eight red flags, seven cautions, and I'd rather go watch a badger race. I, I, yeah, because at least in badger, like you know, it's pretty clean. I mean, guys I, have to race with the checkbook in mind. And, and that's the problem is uh, you know you've known since we met my stance on pay drivers mm-hmm. and how much it pisses me off and how much it pisses a lot of people off. But I mean, even like it trickles down to like our local level. You have a lot of people who, granted, I'm all for parents getting their kids into racing, but who yep. never take the bottle out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's they go from go karts to whatever cars to whatever cars, and then those kids grow up to be KKM drivers. Yep. who pay for their ride, or who don't pay for their own ride, but who get their ride paid for. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, if I go out there and I crash $150 or $500 worth of shit, yep. I have to go to work on Monday, and I have to fix it, and I have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Those kids, they're going to crash $5,000 worth of shit, yep. they're going to get on a plane, they're going to go to the Bahamas for a week, and they're going to race on Saturday. Exactly. And you, it, it really sucks when you have, it sucks in general, but then when you have guys like Zach Dom and Chase McDermott, who are the some of the cleanest drivers you will ever meet? And nice people <laughs> and very, very nice people, and then they're the ones that are getting cleaned out by these kids. By Justin Grant. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not even not even Justin Grant. Just like Chase got wrecked because of something that happened between two other cars. Like, and then Zach Dom got hit twice, taken out twice by two different KKM cars, and it's like, dude, uh, yeah. it just kind of, I don't know, it just sucks because especially when it happens to those good guys. You know, and like Zach Dobbins is one of the nicest. There guys. are good guys left in the sport. As much oh, yeah. as you don't want to like, as much as I don't even want to admit it, because some of the people that are literal good guys, I yeah. don't even like. Well, but there got, is good guys left. <laughs> you got guys like, you know, and I know Jack Routson's been under fire for the four Ted stuff recently, but like. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> when when Routson, I was watching Routson and Brandon Welty down at Angel Park. Uh, two weeks ago, it was for the All Star shows, the the Badger A main thirteen lap race. because uh, it yeah, time yeah. <laughs> but but for those thirteen laps, Brandon Welty and Jack Routson were throwing sliders on each other every single corner, and then it was clean, no, never a touch, never anything, and Chase was just kind of sitting there in third, just doing his deal. <laughs> then it blew up. Then it blew up. But it was still like I would rather watch that ten times out of ten, and also the um, I don't know if I don't know if you watched it with us, but it was the the midget feature at uh, Jacksonville with Jake Chase and yeah. Hayden Reinhold. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fantastic yeah, race. It was a great race. And it, it, those are three national level guys 
that very clearly know how to race each other clean. Because Hayden was, I think, a little bit slower than Jake and Chase. But because they raced him clean and Hayden just kind of, you know, turned oh, back dude. underneath him or whatever. Chase, Chase could have sent Reinbold, like, back oh, to Peoria. Like, and ten yeah, times. Jake could have done the same thing. And Hayden could have done the same thing to them after they slide him. But they just raced each other clean. It was fantastic. And Hayden won. And the other two guys were fine with it because yeah. it was a clean race. Because they don't have to... Because you can yard sale somebody, but what's the chances you wreck your own shit, too? Yeah, exactly. Like, so they don't... They're, they're like, okay, well, I finished third, but I don't have to fix... You know, I don't have to take the rear right. end out of my car You get week. a decent little check and you go home. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think there definitely is a, a problem in midget racing. I don't know the issue. I don't know the answer. I don't know if there isn't... If there is a good one, I think more mutual respect would help, but I don't know you how you police that. it. Yeah. yeah. There's just no way. So, kind of a sad deal. However... Not a sad deal is the double header we have coming up this weekend. Not for me. Not for you. I know, <laughs> but you've been very involved with the IRA this year. With That's you know, I broke myself. Yeah, <laughs> but with Kyle's team and you know everybody and coming to races and stuff. So we got to talk about it. IRA at Fairbury American Legion Speedway for the Bill Waite Junior Memorial, and it is six hundred to start six thousand dollars to win and there's mods and there's super late models there's there's five grand to win super late models and 2500 to win yeah for 1500 or 2500 to win mods and i am so excited i honestly I, might drive like so i want to go to indycar on saturday but i yeah. i still might drive to fairbury i i almost and it pains me to say this i'm almost more excited to watch the late model and mod feature i mean they rip around that track like, because you get the nice thing about fender cars that falls is i don't care where the cushion is they'll still hit something <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a show um that's that's definitely one of the can't miss events of the year um and it's ira with moa too and i i don't know if not is knoxville off this week i thought i heard somewhere that knoxville was off this weekend there's gonna be 40 40 oh there'll be 40 cars there yeah. for sure um and then angel park speedway on sunday that I, that I still don't know that I'm going to make. I really want to go I, to IndyCar. Mm-hmm. You you guys underestimate how much I care about IndyCar. Oh, so I would. <laughs> I want to go to Indy, I want to go to IndyCar too. I might just send you money to get me a Roman Grosjean shirt. <laughs> um, but no, I, I'm super excited. This is going to be a really cool doubleheader. I think there'll be significantly less cars at Angel Park than there are at Fairbury. However, I think it's still going to be. I still a think you'll get some Moa guys that come out for Sunday. Well, oh, yeah, I've been talking to a couple that are just going to make it because Moa. The problem with that is they have a Moa has a race at Jacksonville on um, on Friday. Oh, so they already had a two two race weekend, and then yeah. to make it three and plus, it's a little bit further north, but it is still pretty close. I think it's only two hours from Fairbury or something like that. Two and a half. Yeah, it's probably not that far. So I it actually is pretty decent of a if the, of a drive if they wanted to do that. Um, but either way, it'll be a really cool doubleheader weekend. Um, also, are you back this weekend? Uh, I don't know yet. We don't know yet. No, we're playing it by ear because the the thing that I worry about is like if I can't get out mm-hmm. and I and I need to really fast, like I'm on fire. So like pain wise, I'm okay, but mobility wise, I'm not that okay yet. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and I've, I've been able to... I mean, your mobility's got a lot better, but yeah. I feel like that's also just because you're just kind of dealing with it now. Yeah, it kind of just got over the pain. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then to kind of wrap up the news, um, we have to uh, say a huge like, thank you to God for Justin Miller being okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was one of the scariest things I've ever seen at Plymouth, uh, probably since John Krebsbach did the same exact thing. 
Um, I made sure I mentioned that to him on Saturday. Oh, it was. Well, <laughs> I, I guarantee you that's what Caitlin was thinking about as she's seen him go up and over the fence in, yeah. in turn three. I mean, she was right behind it, like, yeah, directly. Literally. I wasn't. So I wasn't. He really, had just passed her, I think, for a transfer spot. I wasn't sure who who actually got into Justin. So, because it happened so fast that I was like, oh my God, I hope that wasn't like her. You know, because it I, wasn't. Well, somebody. So we were sitting on the in that front stretch, like, pit you know, stand or whatever at Plymouth. And somebody behind me said it was the five car of Kevin Seidler. And I was like, he was, no. he was way behind that. Cause he was, I mean, like I, I like Kevin, but he was in a six Oh four, you know, down there and it was hammered down the whole night. Of course. Um, they got a lot of rain. They did get a lot of rain, but I was like, he wasn't anywhere near them. So I didn't know what happened. I, I looked up and I saw him flipping over the fence. I watched it and, happen. I just didn't know who hit him. Cause like, there was a lot of red cars in that B main. Where are you? So I, just, like, <laughs> yeah. saw, I just saw a flash of red, and then my eyes immediately followed Justin. Right. And I was like, I was sitting next to um, who was I sitting next to? I was sitting next to McMullen and a couple other people or whatever, and like you know, they all sprinted to Justin because the track yep. crew couldn't get to him right away, which was cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had him flipped over, and and, and I was uh, I was really happy to see his white helmet get out of the car. Yeah. Um, he obviously yeah, a bright was, white helmet too. He, he was obviously unhappy because that's his second car in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and then and then we stood there and, and watched them try to repair the fence. Mm. And um, I I I was pretty boisterous of my opinion uh, uh, to a lot of people were. Yeah, well, <laughs> so the the way that I. The, the place I was coming from was, A, it shouldn't have taken 45 minutes to make a decision that no. eight cracked poles was probably not a good idea. Um, and we're talking like an inch and a half of material holding these poles up. Yeah. So there's no way that should have taken that long to think about. There's no way you're fixing that in a timely manner. Second of all, um, they were thinking about still letting the fender cars race. Yeah. And, and, that, mm. and I said, I didn't really, I don't know that I had a place for my opinion, but I was like, out oh, the hell with it. But if it's not safe for one division, it's not safe for anybody. Because, yeah, we don't flip and we don't hop wheels as much. But the one time that you do, it's going to be that night in that spot. And someone's going to go straight through it. Yep. Um, and, and if it it did its job to hold a sprint car up, but it's not going to hold us. No. But And it honestly, to me, it made me kind of like question the fencing a little. Mm-hmm. Because a sprint car is, yeah, it's hauling ass, but it's also a thousand pounds at the at a minimum, a the, thousand pounds lighter. The problem, I so I thought that immediately too. I was like, "How the hell did he even get through that?" Because we've seen sprint cars hit that fence at a good at a good lick and get bounced back onto like the race. Scotty yeah. Field last yep. year at and, All-Stars. and be kept in the racetrack and be fine. But watching the video back, he climbed the fence and kind of flipped along yeah. the top of it, and then it just his momentum kind of flipped him over the fence, and it just kind of. Like, the car just barely hooked the top of the fence, and, like, it just bent the it, bars. But it wrecked a lot of shit. Oh, yeah. Like, there was, there was, I would say, I can't, I didn't count, but probably at least eight poles. Where yeah. It, they were just split. Yeah. And, and then. It was four for sure, because it was that, like, main yeah. section. And then you had three. all the retaining poles that went flying into the pits. Yeah. Which was scary enough the way it was. Yeah. And, and so they had, they, the chicken wire broke, or, like, the, the retainer, like, cable mm-hmm. broke. Mm-hmm. Um, those retaining poles that are behind the actual fencing, they flew into the pits. Like, yeah. people were picking them up. And then the actual fencing obviously came down with Justin. Mm-hmm. And then they had pulled it back with that cherry picker. 
And they were like, well, we can probably fix this. And then Joe, Joe McMullen, McMullen, he just takes <laughs> it and just pushes it forward. Yeah. And then they were like, well, why would you do that? He's like, because it won't hold a race car. Yeah. Like, if, if it doesn't if, hold me, it's if not If it doesn't hold, hold Joe McMullen, it is not yeah. holding a race car. Like, <laughs> it was just, it was, but in the end, common sense prevailed. The drivers and, and the officials got together and said, yeah, we're done. I don't think they left him with a choice. No. Because I, every, well, I think everybody would have just left. Everybody in that pit area, other than maybe like four people mm-hmm. of each division would have been like, absolutely not. Yep. And I think I, you know, I gotta, I gotta say too that the first guy to make that decision for himself Chris. was Chris Larson. Yeah. Um, and he and I have had some runs and run-ins in the past, but I do have to say I full respect to Chris for being the first guy to be like, my family is more important than me going out there and, you know, killing myself on this fence. And he's like, I'm, we're going home. He's like, he, he walked back. He took one look at that fence and he was like, load it up. We're going home. He was standing, he was standing there with me and I just go, well, do you think it's safe? And he goes, the hell I do. My kids need a father and just yeah. walked away from me. So full on respect for him. And I think, you know, a lot of other guys, you know, after watching them try and pull it back and, you know, Brandon McBall too is one of the first guys. Of course, he's one of the most sensible and well you know, well-versed yeah. guys in the pits. He was and... giving me advice about my knee. Yeah. <laughs> the pits. He's, <laughs> he's like, a doctor. Yeah, he's just, <laughs> he, he was like, he was like telling me some stuff about my knee and I'm like, uh, oh, this is a weird conversation to be yeah. having with a guy in a race suit right now, but okay. <laughs> but props to Plymouth for not, you know, Dang. not trying to go back racing and just making the right decision and hopefully, I mean, I'm sure they'll have it fixed for next weekend and hopefully, hopefully when they do fix it, it's even more reinforced than it was before. So I think it needs something because yeah. it's, it's a little scary. You are hauling some serious ass coming yeah. out of the corner. Yeah. Um, like, we're... Especially, last, or especially on Saturday. It was quick. It was Scotty, quick Scotty's flip was a little, like... I'm sure it looked worse, but it was probably not. Like, he mm-hmm. got hurt, so, like, I'm not, you know, discrediting yeah. it. But, like, that he had a lot of time to lose momentum while he was rolling before he hit the wall. Justin was just fence immediately. Like, yeah. he hopped the tire, and he was in the fence. Like, he literally rode the fence... From that turn, turn like right before the backstretch opening. Yeah, he hit the fence on that backstretch o- stretch opening and rode it all the way into turn. It, three. it reminded me a lot of Brad Miller's role last year at the Dirt King Show. Mm-hmm. So Brad's happened further back and, towards turn two, and it dissipated its dissipated its momentum because mm-hmm. it's a heavy car. Yeah, it hit the ground and it you know it stopped. But mm-hmm. like I said, the whole like fender car, sprint car thing, whatever. But like the one time that someone does actually hop a wheel in one of our cars and goes yep. up there, it's going to be the night that you have a fence that's still not right. 100%. So I'm glad they made the right decision at least. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously props to every safe piece of safety equipment that was on Justin's car. It did the job. Um, and I think it, you know, it, it just shows the that the modern, because he, he obviously, that Dan Mayer, that Mayer car is very up-to-date. It's very... You know, it's a good piece. Yeah. So it has all the new safety equipment stuff on there. You know, the the safety bars and stuff like that. And, you know, all the stuff in the seat and his helmet. Obviously, Hans device, everything. Um, you know, it it shows that modern safety in smart cars, I think, has come a lot of way. Because I think maybe even 10 years ago, that maybe wouldn't have been the same result. No. Um, so that's, that's very good Especially, to see. Especially, I don't know, like 10 years ago, it was old Plymouth still. Yeah. So you would have rolled off of a flat-ass racetrack. Down some banking, probably hit your head on the concrete on the way through, and, and yeah. so that was the other thing. A couple like they have those 
the fence behind the fence, right? Right. Yep. Those are things. Those those wooden poles are fucking dangerous. Yeah. Like they are. Skewed. I literally thought about that, and I was and, like, and, "What and if then, he came down on one of them?" John Krebsbach was standing there talking to Sheila, and was like, "Why the hell do we have concrete barriers sitting outside of Turn Four? Yeah. So, because he's like, when I flipped here, those were here too, and I had to really think about why those are there. That's because literally he was putting, ten feet from it. That's putting all the faith in the catch fence, and the catch fence failed. So, yeah, that's a very lucky situation. However, you know, the best outcome obviously happened. You know, no injuries, no nothing. Um, just it was actually very cool to see too. Uh, Justin and Dan were back in the shop um, today. You know, or actually Sunday, yeah. they're they're back at the shop yesterday already. You know, working on to put that car back together. Um, I don't know if it was another jump frame. I don't think so. I the way it looked so. on stands, it was just a lot of bolt-on stuff. Yeah, which is good. Which is good. However, you know, there could be you know it could be bent or something. When you like take that. a you body off, you never know. It, you don't know until you take the body off of it yep. to see what actually got. I mean, it was and a then measure everything. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully they can get back out this weekend. This they said that's their plan. Uh, which props to Justin because I don't know if I would be able to do that yeah. two weeks in a row. That's two really big wrecks for him two weeks in a row. But um, good to see him walking around and and good to go. So I think that's going to wrap up the news. We're going to come back with slide job. When you need to ship it from anywhere to anywhere, the LTL Freight Logistics Specialist for your small business. We simplify shipping, eliminate those surprise charges, and negotiate the best rates from most LTL qualified carriers. Special residential and liftgate rates available for automotive and ag implements. The company that actually cares about the American small business owner. Use the promo code SHIPIT and get 10% off your first shipment. Startup is so easy. Get a quote and ship today. Qualityfreightrate.com. Two. Kyle Bush. And here comes Larson. Larson to the bottom of the track. Slide job. Trying to take the lead away. Slide job. All right, it's time for a slide job. Uh, you should really stick to the tweeting. Slide job. <laughs> uh, and move of the week. Uh, presented by Liquid Nitro Energy Drink, is Carson Macedo taking the win at River City Speedway. And the move in question was his pass for the lead on Logan Schuhart. Um, and then eventually Logan Schuhart flips. Mm. Yeah. But it was a really good race up to that point, And uh, good job on Carson Macedo. He's one of those guys that races people really, really hard, but clean. So we'll take a listen here. Johnny Gibson on the call. Dirt Vision with the broadcast. It was a really good move, just and it was hammer down too at River City. They had a lot of rain, um, and it was kind of cowboy up and just you Tish know. Tish is gonna absolutely send his shit that when 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 the IRA goes to River City. <laughs> Sheldon Hottenshield, both of his qualifying laps were under ten seconds. Yeah, <laughs> that's, gonna be, that's gonna be something. That's gonna be so ah, cool. And, and you're telling me Tyler Tischendorf is supposed to go up there? Right? <laughs> that's gonna be a good one. No, I'm really excited for River Cities. I hope that still happens. Um, there's been, I think it's going to, uh, because there's been there's been a lot of effort by River Cities and NOSA to get the IRA cars out there. I mean, that race is gonna happen either way. It might just be with NOSA. The problem that's happening is is the fuel prices for the IRA guys. Um, it's like 
minimum nine hours to get out there if you're an IRA guy. Unless you're Hunter Custer, then it might be like seven. Where does where is Rivers? It's South Dakota, right? Uh, North, North Dakota. North, yeah, whatever. North Dakota, and then the plan was for IRA guys to then go run Husits on Sunday is in South Dakota. No, but it was just Husits yeah. said we're going to give you guys tow money to come run with us on Sunday. However, Husits is four hours from River City, and the way that fuel prices are right now, that's not going to happen. If it does happen, it'll just be River Cities, and you're going to maybe see ten IRA cars, maybe you know those ten guys that are hardcore points guys but then so you got a guy like jordan goldsberry right he's leading points right now however really he's two points ahead in points i think it's him danny schlafer and who the hell is danny schlafer uh, (laughs) (laughs) um but yes he's leading the points by two and he came into the year planning on like 80 percent if you're leading points like let's say goldsberry's still leading the points after this weekend right I bet he could pick off a win at Falls. He's oh, I think so. an offense. Yeah. And, but like, you know, you get a guy like that who is so good. And I've said this the past two years. If that guy runs full time, he would be a championship contender. Yeah. And now he is, but I don't know if he's actually full time still. And then you got a guy like Russell Borland who is full time, but he's like, you know, that like fifth, sixth, seventh, somewhere like that in the points. Who can gain a shit ton of points by, by going out over Exactly. <laughs> so, and the way that the IRA is, the show up points are so huge. Yeah. Like if you just show up to every race in IRA, you're probably going to be top 10 in points. Because if you get one guy that misses one show, all of a sudden you're 60 points up on that guy. So if you're, you know, and then whatever you get for the rest of the night. So like Tish, I think at uh, 141, he got like. 112 points or something like that for finishing 14. And 60 of them were show-up 60 show points. Yes, exactly. So it's it's huge to show up to IRA races, but that River Cities, I hope that happens because it's such a cool racetrack. It would be such a cool trip. But and the way that they're talking about with the tow money, it is worth it for guys to go out there now. It's just who is actually going to go. Yeah. So And that's, that's what Steve has to consider too because if he – if he only has three guys that are for sure going to go out there, then it's like... Oh, it's kind of like the Knoxville deal. Yeah, right. And then he might just say, well, that's not points, but you can replace like one of your worst nights with that run if you want to. And so, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how that works out. I do think I do think it's going to happen in some capacity, but I don't know for sure what My question what to you is, if the IRA race is there, who wins? The problem... So, that's going to be really cool. It's kind of like... It's like when the IRA races with Moa, except I think, and this is no offense to Moa because Moa has some very good drivers. I think the NOSA drivers are Who's NOSA are higher driver? caliber. Mark Dobmeyer. Who else? Um, Wade Nygaard, Brendan Mullen. So the guys that are on Cedar Lake all the time. Yes. Um, but And then there's guys that are saying that they're Knoxville guys that are going to run the Friday night show there. Caleb Johnson, Terry McCarl. Well, Caleb um, lives in... Exactly. But where, is he, where is he from? Grand Forks? Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls, whatever. So, you have those guys, Justin Henderson, <laughs> that are going to go there and run Friday. So, there might even there might be less cars on Saturday than there are on Friday because of all the Knoxville guys. But, it's a complete toss-up. But, honestly, you know, usually when the IRA goes out, like, in, you know, past years, it's always been kind of like, okay, what's... Well, who's the IRA guy that's going to finish the furthest up? But now, the way that the IRA guy showed up with the All-Stars this year, any of them could win. 
You know, it, I didn't have Danny Schlafer hounding Bill Baylog for 30 laps at Plymouth on my bingo card this year. No. <laughs> and almost winning. <laughs> but I'm so happy it happened. Yeah, so... You know, if, if Schlafer had made one better decision in lap traffic... Or he Bill might, made one worse. Or what, exactly. He might have won. So, honestly, I I think, you know, the guys like Danny Schlafer and, you know, if Goldsberry goes, I think he's going to be very good because, you know, all the experience he has on bull rings. And, you know, he has a win at Plymouth, which I think is pretty similar to River Cities. I think River Cities is just a little bit smaller and it's faster. But it, I don't know. the we track layout is very similar. Broke the track record by seven tenths this yeah, year. That's I, true. Well, how long till Plymouth? Is if like Thiel goes out tenths? there, Thiel's going to be very good. I doubt he will, but if he does, he'll, he'll be very good. Um, but you, then you got a guy like Mark Dobmeyer and all the guys that run that place very often. Um, you know, Brendan Mullen's going to be very good. Um, and then, you know, on Friday, like I said, you got all those Knoxville guys up there. I think Caleb would be pretty good there. So... I don't know. It's it's a complete toss up. If I had to say the IRA guy that would do the best, you know, it's gonna sound like kind of like a cop out, but I think Blackhurst, he's he's one of those gassers that if it is hammer down and hook the hook the heck up, it's you know I think he's gonna be pretty tough to beat. Danny Schlafer too. Um, Jake, if Jake goes out there, he's very good on that. You know that hammer down rough stuff. Yeah, he like, races Jacksonville. Yeah, well, <laughs> and then look how he ran at Beaver Dam too yeah. when it was hammered down earlier this year. So. Um, I think it's IRA has an extremely strong like top ten group of drivers right yeah, now. We're kind of like the posse, but we're not like assholes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we're yeah. like we're like PA posse, where like our guys can compete. When, yeah, like all stars and stuff show up. It'll be interesting to see how they compete with the outlaws. That'll be an interesting like who. I mean, Baylog kicked everybody's ass in twenty sixteen. Yeah, and I think I think the thing that you're going to see with the outlaws now too is. Um, their caliber of drivers has gone up a lot. Um, but you had a guy like Blackhurst last year at Beaver Dam. I think he got hard charger. I think he finished like 12th. Which 12th with the Outlaws is ridiculous yeah. for an IRA guy. That's that's amazing. So, But, however, with it being a two-day show at Beaver Dam, I think there could be 50 cars there. Yeah. I I, it's, it's a lot more worth it to... Like, especially with how much the Outlaws pay to start. 10 grand to win every night. And, and 1,000 to start. Yeah. I mean, to sh- to sh- so if you just make one show, that's your fuel yep. for most of the IRA guys. And, like, with Tish, we were talking about it, and, you know, we, di- we didn't really think about When we put it on the schedule at the start of the year, because, like, me, him, and his dad, like, we all sat down and made that schedule. And I basically came to him with all the possible races he could run in conjunction with the IRA schedule. And then we just kind of whittled it down to the ones we thought we could go do and do well at. And we were looking at the... Beaver Dam results from last year when there were 28 cars and looking at the guys that made the show and being like, okay, I think, you know, we have we pretty good shot to make the show if we're, if we're where we'll think we're going to be for at that point. Dollars, right. You know? for, if it's for a thousand dollars both nights, that's a hundred percent worth it because it's in Beaver Dam. You're going to drive there twice already this year for IRA stuff. But then you look and if you're like, it's a two day show, a bunch of other places are off that weekend. There's going to be like 40 cars. I, I'd say 50. Honestly, yeah, like 50 I mean, cars would not shock me. Who knows? And even if it's like upper 30s, you're you're looking at a really big mountain to climb if you're an IRA guy. Especially a guy like Tish who, you know, he's been running really well recently, but, you know, he's still very inexperienced. And if you put him in a B main against, you know, some of those like back half. Go you know, Rose. Like, Noah Gass. If he goes into a B main against Noah Gass, like I'm sorry. 
Yeah. Noah's going to win. <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm sorry, Tish, but it's just the way it is because those guys race so much. They race 90 nights a year. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're on There's, their shit all the time. It's just, it's so hard. That's why when a guy like Blackhurst or somebody goes out there and, or a guy like Baylog that year when he won, when you get a guy that does really good against the Outlaws, it is such a big deal. It's impressive. Yeah, it's insane. So, I don't know. I, we're, we're still kind of debating on if, if Tish actually wants to run that or not. And we're kind of leaning towards no, but it is on the schedule still. So, you know, that's part of the obligation he has to sponsors too. So, it's kind of like, you know, what are you going to do? But, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm super excited for that whole River Cities deal. And then, obviously... Outlaws at Beaver Dam is coming up here pretty quick. That's in. Uh, We're about to hit the Eldora Million too. Yeah, like that's that's Wednesday. Yeah, eighth. Yeah, yeah. I'm pumped. I'm so excited. Cool. To it's going to be a really cool week of racing, yeah. especially around here. We got IndyCar Road America. We hardly even talk about that. Ah, I'll be but, there. Trust yeah. me. So, all right, so that's it for Slide Job, and then we're going to come back with our interview with the lightning leprechaun, Russell Borland. When you need a boost of energy, Liquid Nitro. For those sluggish moments when you need a lift, Liquid Nitro. Rev up your day without the crash. Liquid Nitro. Less sugar, less caffeine, better taste. Liquid Nitro. Crack open a can of the best-tasting energy drink on Earth. Liquid Nitro. Infused with nothing but the finest ingredients, including three three herbs, and two B vitamins to give you the best quality energy drink your body can handle. Real energy, no bull. Check them out on Facebook or go to nitrobeverages.com. Number one for Kyle Larson. Quick time! It's a 10 145 Can he get under that track record? Second left time for Larson. It's a nine-second lap. We have a All right, we're back with Quick Time, presented by QualityFreightRate.com, and we're very happy to welcome into the interview here today, Russell Borland. The hero the IRA never knew they needed. Yes. <laughs> How are you doing today, Russ? Oh, good. I don't know if I'm any hero, but at least at least I got dancing moves for TV and uh, probably not so... Probably not so much a voice for radio, but well, it's better than looks for TV, I guess. That's <laughs> fine. All right, so you know we kind of know how you got your start. It's actually kind of a cool story, I think, at least. Um, how did you get your start in racing? I think a lot of people will be kind of surprised as to how you did. Um, well, I helped Donnie Gaden. He was a neighbor of mine um, growing up, and we always went and watched him when he raced at uh, Plymouth as I was a kid. And so then when I, I think about 14, 15, I started traveling with him. And then after that, just bought a car. And what car did you buy? Um, I actually bought one off of Jason Johnson, but we started straight with four tens and, uh, that's the only thing I've ever raced really. And I think that's, that's what'll be surprising to a lot of people because you've, and by saying that you've never driven any other kind of race car besides, a 410 sprint car, which I think is one thing it's insane, <laughs> but it's also like really cool. Yeah. So, so why, why a 410? Why did you just go straight into a 410? You know, did you have anybody saying, Oh, you should start in a 360 or you should start in a micro sprint or, you know, why, why a 410 sprint car? Uh, 
Well, there's 30, 40, 360s week in and week out um, on the same track. I, I like to travel. Personally, we don't do enough of it. Um, but I, I didn't want to be at the same track every week competing against 30, 40 guys, which is virtually the same equipment, you know, which, you know, not mocking the MSA, it's just something I didn't, you know, I, I felt that uh, even like now, I mean, there's so many guys moving up because we're, we're only sitting at that 24, 26 car count. It's much easier to make the show and go. And I knew if I bought a 360, went that route, I probably never have the money to make the leap up, which so many guys are kind of at that, you know, spot where it's like, oh man, it, to go buy a new engine at $20,000, it's like, I can't make that jump because you're already there. It's, you know, it's hard to go up. So it's like, I figured if I just started on top, it'd be a lot easier. You can always go down, but it's a lot of times it's hard once you're in there to move up later. Right. And you know, you mentioned, you made the comment about traveling more, how, you know, obviously with the way that the world is right now, it might not have been, you know, super ideal now, but how excited were you when the when the IRA schedule you know came out and you know or at least you know Steve was sending it to people and running it by guys? How excited were you that there was more traveling on the schedule this year? Well, I'm I'm part of the reason for that. I am a huge <laughs> advocate. I've been on him for years to go to River Cities because they have always called and wanted us. And it, it, it's it's as simple as if they want us, tell them what it's going to cost us or cost them, and if it if it's doable, do it. And, you know, I wish I've been on him for years to go back to, you know, Michigan, I-96, uh, Butler. Now, after I've been there, the, the new owners are making, uh, great improvements, I think. So I think that'll be a cool place. Um, Hartford, um, you know, I think, I mean, the IRA when I started was, I mean, we were probably 60 percent more out of state than in state. And now it's, 95% in state. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, back then, I mean, we were, we were traveling all over and it, and it was, you know, I thought it was great. Um, just well rounds you as a better driver. The problem is when I was doing it, I was learning. So I wasn't <laughs> gaining a lot of knowledge at that part. Cause it was all my rookie stuff. You know, you're just trying to make laps, but, um, but yeah. So jumping forward to this season now, you know, you guys have been, you know, on the pace, I think from maybe not from the get go, but especially recently, you know, you guys have been running really strong. Uh, is there anything you're doing different this year as opposed to, as opposed to last year that, you know, you've kind of hit on the head and been like, Oh, this is, you know, this is why we're, we're running really good now. Um, so the first two races, we actually tried a different setup. Um, didn't really care for it. So we went back to what we were doing last year and then just kind of fine tuned on, on that. And, uh, it's been seeming to, um, to work, I guess the last two races. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say it was working pretty well. Um, and then also, you know, something from this year, you've, uh, garnered a new nickname from the incomparable Ray Underwood. Uh, the lightning leprechaun, uh, you know, for people that don't know, you know, just kind of give us you know, a little bit of backstory to that. So typically in winter, I don't usually shave my beard. So, um, and being that I'm a redhead and all and an Irish, um, we have a business called the salt room of Kewaskum. And when St. Patty's came around, my wife was running some, uh, 
leprechaun specials and for for the business as far as you know different sales or deals or whatever and so being that i looked like a leprechaun with the big red beard we, we bought a hat and we kind of ran with it as um a little bit and then we just said hey let's let, let's run with it a little bit this you know racing season and and every time i make a dash on sign a leprechaun hat and and uh give it to a lucky fan and so as of now we're we're running with it i would definitely say that that was the fan favorite thing at rice lake and i do have to say with, with you know with every, the fans up at rice lake that was a really cool show and then you know, and then to go out and lead like you did, and just when you took the lead, the fans went wild. I don't know if you went back and watched the replay or not, but the fans were 100% behind you. And then obviously what happened happened, and then you got on the car and did what you did, and they went even crazier. So I think you gained a lot of fans up there. Like Rice Lake really likes Russell Moore. Yeah. Right <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, we'll take it. I mean, I could have obviously done more. I mean, I kept it somewhat classy, I guess. I mean, I mean, I pretty much learned after that. Like you said, most people liked it. I've a lot of people commented or whatever that I've never even heard or seen. And, you know, really the people that didn't like it are the people that don't like me, period. So, you know, I guess the haters are going to hate. People are going to either like you or not. And I guess you just got to live life and, and, and have fun. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I could have threw a big fight or did whatever. I, I, le- I left it as that. That's all that's been exchanged since. And, uh, not saying that there ain't a future endeavors that are going to occur, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, so then, you know, with the IRA and everything, you know, we just me being with Tish this year and I've got to experience it a lot more. Up oh, close. I'm a huge fan of Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've seen the pictures of you squishing his cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Um, but no, so I've been able, you know, last year, obviously, you know, I was with Sean for a while and then with Kyle a little more, but now this year we're there every single week and I've been able to experience it and I have, you know, my own opinions on it. And, you know, I just wanted to ask you, like, what is your favorite part of being with the IRA week in and week out? Um, well, truly it is just the, the traveling versus, um, anything. I mean, I like going different people like last year I was able to travel, a lot more outside of the IRA. We did the, the Houston's, um, nationals and then the Jackson nationals. And, um, you know, I've been to Nashville with the outlaws and, and whatever. And, and, you know, interacting with the fans from different areas. And, you know, the biggest thing that like when I was at Houston, it was mind blowing how many fans came up and says, Oh, you run with the IRA. You know, we watch you on flow, blah, blah, blah. You know, the biggest question is why do more people not travel? And I'm like, I, I don't know, you know, we're, we're off those weekends, you know, and, and why, why they don't. And I, you know, I, I'm a little bit more fortunate with uh, my car owner and stuff that, you know, I can do some more traveling than probably others, but, you know, fans and, and, and people, they really recognize the people that do go out and travel and, you know, put on a show, whether, whether you're making shows or not, they appreciate that. And, and, I guess that's just why I like the IRA and the the four tens of being able to travel and do more. Absolutely, I think that was a big that was a big motivator for Tish moving up this year too. Is he just wanted to see new places and race with new people uh, instead of just you know the same place? And again, that's not a knock on the MSA. It's just not for everybody. Yeah. 
All right, so we're going to head into some quick hit questions here. I think Trevor's going to have the first one. I'm Will today. Yes, <clears throat> Trevor is Will. All right, so I always have my opinions on this one, but hammer down tracks or slick to a curb? Hammer down. Wow. Interesting. Uh, big half mile or quarter mile bull ring? Big half mile. Flow or dirt vision? There's only one right answer. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with flow. There it is. <laughs> they, 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 they both have their their pros and cons. Um, Definitely. Dirt vision, I wish you could see the instant replay instantly like you cannot flow. That That's one of flow's biggest things I like is as soon as we're done racing, we get back in the rig, you can rewatch the race, you know, and, and see what you did or whatever, where dirt vision you got to wait to hit the archives unless I just don't know how to use the thing, but, uh, no, you're, you're, uh, you're right. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, best track food. You know, now that I'm, uh, remarried, um, and the Schleifer clan always makes meals. <laughs> She's, she, she brings meals for every race. So, but, uh, we'll, we'll go with, uh, the steak burger one forty one. That is Good a call. great answer. Good call. Uh, only closely seconded by the grilled cheeseburger at Plymouth. Yes. Um, favorite thing about being on the road? Uh, interaction with fans. Good, good answer there too. And then uh, obviously, you know, you've only ever driven a wing four ten, but as far as watching races, wing or non-wing? Ah, uh, wing. Good, a- good answer. <laughs> All right. So now to just wrap up the interview here, we're going to give you some time to uh, plug anybody you want to plug, uh, whoever you have to thank. And I uh, just want to thank you for, for your time today. All right. I appreciate it. So we want to thank uh, Weiss Trucking, um, Matt and Jenny Weiss for owning and letting me do this all. Um, Assault Room of Kewaskum, Leisure Pools and Spas, um, Fifth Quarter Sports Bar, um, Coal oil, Waldo oil, uh, Thai lube. If you're in any oil need, um, they they produce some really good oils. Um, SCA, SCA graphics, um, pro plating. Did um, the paint power coating for the car this year. Um, Travis Foyt trucking. Um, doing this all by my top of my head here. Uh, <laughs> chicks for. Chicks for a Cause, um, real quick, Chicks for a Cause is a company out of West Bend, um, charity group. Um, so this year we're doing, you can buy a ribbon and put on the car. So if you donate $100, you will put your name on the car for the year. That money all goes to Chicks for a Cause, which helps people with cancer. Um, let's see. I think I... Uh, oh, um... Uh, D&D Pub Pizza and um, Sundown Farms. I'm pretty sure that's about most of them. <laughs> it's hard when you're not looking at your car, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was really cool I, when, you know, you first rolled out the, you know, the pink paint scheme this year and, you know, all that stuff. And I I thought that was just such a cool, such a cool deal. And it's nice to see guys, you know, put something like that together and really take the time to, to do that work for charity. And, and I don't know, it's just re- really, really cool to see. Yeah. So if anybody that's listening, they can Facebook me. Um, they can either send me money or PayPal it, whatever. But 
all the money goes back to them, which goes to um, none of this corporate, you know, greed stuff. It all goes right back to, you know, families that are um, fighting some sort of cancer. I mean, the, the biggest one is, is breast cancer, but um, they do help other people with other cancers can apply and get money from them as well. That's that's so awesome. So thank you for your time, Russ, and uh, we wish you the best of luck. And well, I'll see you this weekend at uh, Fairbury and Angel Park. Sounds good. See you then. All right. Russell Borland on the Box 3 Pod. Oh, my goodness. This is fantastic. All right. And we're back with the final segment of the show called This is Fantastic, where each of us recognizes one amazing individual performance or accomplishment from the past week. To be fair, you didn't ask me. What I didn't ask you, so I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the time while I'm talking about mine to find one of yours. Um, this isn't from the past week, but this is from like the past two weeks, and we haven't had a show in about a month. So, um, I'm going to talk about Parker Price Miller and Matt Vanderveer uh, during All Star Weekend. Uh, PPM new track record at Plymouth ten eight. That's too fast. That's unbelievable. <laughs> they shattered the new track record by, I think it was 12. 12 cars underneath the track record. 12 cars underneath the track record. And just to give you an idea of how fast that track was, Tish, his first ever qualifying laps in a 410 at Plymouth was less than a tenth of a second off the old existing track record. The entire field, including Scott Conger, in a 360, was within one second of each other. And there were three... 37 cars there definitely shattered like a 360 track record right oh he yeah. was under it by pfft. they just don't count it because he was a 410 i think the i think the 360 track record was like is like a 12 one i think and he had like an 11 eight <laughs> like <laughs> interesting unbelievable um but the fact that parker price miller is doing what he's doing after what he's gone through this year is unbelievable like he didn't. He he just had his final round of chemotherapy. I think like the week of that All Star <laughs> yeah. Swing in Wisconsin. Like he just shows up. He's like, eh, but quick time your asses. <laughs> and then Matt Vanderveer, who's been out of the seat since he had since he was diagnosed with cancer, but he comes here, back. Right? Yeah, he comes back and makes the All Star A main at Angel Park. Yeah, it was. And there were what 20, 30, 30 cars there, thirty one cars. It or was something. enough. Yeah. yeah. It is unbelievable, and just to see those guys back out on the racetrack and you know doing what they do, and just after all that they've been through is—I mean, obviously everybody knows PPM's story, but Matt Vanderbeer's story is also amazing. Uh, he got the—I think the All Stars gave him the—I uh, don't remember what it is, like Perseverance Award or something like that something after like the that, weekend. Yeah. Um, really, really cool. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have one. I do, and you're not. This is going to left field you. Oh, um, the. You're t- so this is for like uh, something cool that happened or something you want to like shout out. Yep, the Moto America 600 finish that we watched. From I the was top just of the gonna tower. go back and watch that before you got here. I haven't seen anything from okay. this past weekend. Well, spoiler alert: the 600s finished three wide at the line. Like it was, it was there was a it was a three bike run. Like that was it. The, there was three bikes that were going for it, and uh, they finished literally three wide coming to the checkers. It was. Insane. So we were obviously there. It was me, 
Me, Tyler, uh, Schwanky was there taking pictures for a team. And yeah, then thanks for the invite. Buddy. I wasn't inviting you. I don't like you. <laughs> um, and then Maddie was there with Preston doing some some uh, stuff for the Vintage Motos. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and she did the flat track stuff at Plymouth the night before. But, like, watching... First of all, watching just bikes at Road America it's is so cool. cool. And then we went back Sunday, and, and it was raining. And they're still racing on these bikes at Road America. The yeah. first guy that came past us after the rain delay was over hit the throttle and just right off his bike. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that, no, you couldn't yeah. pay me money. But the, I think it was the 600s on Sunday in the rain, by the way, um, we were standing on top of the VIP tower and it was just pouring and we're just up there already wet. So we yeah. just didn't care. But watching motorcycles at Road America in the rain three wide trying to trying to wreck coming across the line was insane so that's it <laughs> it was I, I so there's a thing with the motorcycles at road america and that seems like a running theme is like ridiculous ridiculous for no reason so yeah. when i was a kid i don't remember what year this was i don't know if it was like 2008 i don't know if it was like 2008 <laughs> or something like that but it, i was back when it was still ama mm-hmm. and it, it was still a, technically is yeah it was a super bike finish and it was Josh Hayes and Blake Young. And it was .002 at the line. And they said that Blake Young won. And I was standing right there on that like big front stretch grandstand. Mm-hmm. And, of course, from there you can't see. So everybody was like, they said it over the intercom that, that Blake Young won. And everybody's like, holy, you know, because it was packed. Because yeah. it's, you know, Motorcycle Weekend in Road America. And everybody's going crazy. And then all of a sudden they come back on and say, oh, no, wait a minute. <laughs> Josh Hayes won the electronic. <laughs> the, they were so close coming to the line that Blake Young's transponder was positioned at slightly further forward on his bike, but Josh Hayes beat him to the line by like yes. I don't know, like two inches, just <laughs> the front of his tire. Like, and so they literally had to go back to a photo finish to to decide that. And then like two two or three years later, I think it was six hundred is Super Sport, right? Yeah, yeah, Super Sport finish. That one, I don't remember what it was, but I remember it was... I don't remember who was on the bike, but it was the Celtic Racing Suzuki's. Mm-hmm. Remember those, like, the, the Irish-themed... Yeah. Russell Borland, shout yeah. out. Um, but that guy beat people to the line, and they were three wide coming to the line, and he beat him by, like, four thousandths of a second. It was such a good finish. It's like, just so good. The, the racing at Road America, just for some reason, produces unbelievable finishes. And I don't know, I think it's just the way that Turn 14 sets up. And then the long run to the line, you never really, and especially in bikes, if you're in a car that's good, or a car or a bike that just drafts, like, it's just a draft fest mm. for bikes at Road like America. Miatas. You ever yeah. watch Miatas at Yeah, Road exactly. Like, if, if you're in a car or a bike that just, that you're reliant on drafting, it's going to be an amazing finish because you get such a launch coming off 14, you're drafting all the way up the hill, and then you have the flat run to the line where you just, you know. Yeah. It, it was it, insane. I, I, so I never, I've taken in... Road America bikes, bikes in general, mm. a few times when I was a photographer and, and out there in 2019, but I never paid attention. You're to not really paying attention to the no. race. Yeah. And, but like, I was like, God, these guys are insane. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't pay me enough money. They use the, that. uh, they use the bend, right? On the back stretch. Yeah. Still. No, they would kill somebody yeah, if they went through the, the cake. through the cake. Yeah. And I know that's a big reason why they've, they used to entertain the idea of bringing MotoGP there. I know because we've. They used to do those like end of year luncheons for season pass holders or whatever, and that question was always brought up. It's like F one MotoGP, you know. Of course, people ask about it. MotoGP always sounded like an actual possibility, and then they would say it's just 
the speeds are too fast. Yeah. They said down the back stretch into Canada and then down into turn five, they said no other track on the MotoGP calendar is there straightaway that long. Yeah. And if there is, it's not into a heavy braking zone. It's into like a, like a slower, yeah. like curved right-hander, not a 90-degree left. I've just never seen so many people fall off of bikes before. Mm-hmm. Like, because it was raining. Especially in the rain, yeah. Yeah, it was insane. Like, being a part, like, just being there was like, good God, I you couldn't pay me enough money in the world to do this. <laughs> no, I, I'm... Really bummed that I can't be at IndyCar Weekend. That's going to be the first one that I've missed in a couple of years, and it kind of sucks. We've been having but, a lot of fun at IndyCar races. The boys, uh, yeah, we've had some good boys weekends. I thought about going up there. Where's that? Y'all can make it Sunday. Ah, uh, you got to be. Are y'all driving from Fairbury back up here now? We have to go to Angel Park on Sunday. Oh, that's right. Yeah, mm. So we're going to have to do maintenance somewhere. Have fun Sunday. in a Walmart. Yeah, we did it in a parking lot of a high school. <laughs> that was fun. And then we drank. Well, we drank a lot of beers and threw them in the parking lot of the high school too. <laughs> also, we've, we've said this on Facebook a couple of times, but I gotta give a big shout out to Cap Henry and his crew for like okay. for all their help. You know, during all Kyle weekend. and Shambles. Well, it's, it's had a rough weekend, and you know we didn't get a full race night in at all with him. And but they were so helpful with just Cap's advice to Tish as a driver. And then their team helping out us with the whole, like, we're all completely new to four tanks. Yeah. Like, I worked on them a little bit last year, but I don't have anywhere near just the sprint car knowledge that, like, Tish and his dad and Mikey have. But now, like, with the 410 stuff, it's just all completely new. And, like, Cap came over and, you know, he's helping us out. And then uh, Cap Henry's crew guy is helping us out, like, with a bunch of different stuff. AJ is awesome. Um, And then, I can't remember their crew chief's name. It's not AJ. It's another guy. I don't remember his name. But they were so helpful all weekend. They saved, <laughs> We saved a spot for them at Angel Park. And that was stuff. so like, weird. Yeah. Like, I never thought, like... Tish goes, I'm throwing a tire out for Cap Henry. I'm like, what? Yeah, Since dude, when? What, what are you talking about, bud? But, uh, no, they were awesome all weekend. Um, and then even, like, uh, um, like, just hanging out with, like, Jake Newman and his guys, you know, all weekend was, is pretty cool. Like... You know, we talk. You t- you talked to Tish about this in your episode of Inside the Helmet, and go listen to that too. But just, I have so many moments where <laughs> the clarity moments. I'm moments like, of what clarity. am I doing here? Yeah, moments <laughs> of clarity, like where you're just sitting there, and I'm like, I'm sitting next to one of Cap Henry's crew guys talking to Kyle Shewitt and Jake Newman, and then another one was where we were up looking at the racetrack, and I was standing next to Mikey, and we're all conversing with like. PPM, Hunter Schoenberg, uh, who is Chris Windham, like all these guys that I have hero worshipped at some point yeah. in my life. And because we were talking with Scotty Thiel and then all these guys come over to Scotty and start talking to us. And I'm like, what is happening? I, like, and then just even with our friend group itself and like the fact that we're like really good friends with Kyle Shewitt and stuff like that, like. People that we've watched on TV forever, and it's I know like those guys don't think it's a big deal. Like they think everybody's just another guy, and like that's just the way you you get these like big series come to town, right? And even last year, like when I was with Sean at Outlaws Weekend at or Outlaws at Beaver Dam, and Geo Selzy parked next to us. And we're just sitting there shooting shit with Geo Selzy's crew. Those guys are just guys. They're just dudes. Like, they're, they're guys that are just as passionate about what they do as everybody here is. They just do it on a much larger scale. And I don't really think they even realize the inf- the influence they have on smaller teams like Tish's team. Like, he Tish, like, they, they made some suggestions to Tish, like, about what to do with his car. 
and like Tish immediately took those to heart. Mikey took those to heart, and then he comes out the next week next weekend and has his best weekend of the of the year so far. It's so easy to blind trust people like that because right. they they have absolutely nothing to lose with telling you stuff because yeah. a they're gonna be faster than Tyler yeah. Tischendorf, yeah. but b they don't race against you every week. If someone told me what to do with my car that wasn't someone that I trusted, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Right. You know, if someone comes up to me, they're like, you should run this, this, and this. It's like, okay. But yeah, the things they were saying it. made sense. Yeah. And like, and even if they do make sense, I don't know that I'm taking anybody's advice. Like, in that way, like, I have people that I talk to and I trust with my stuff, and, but it's so easy that, like, even at the captain, I guess, like, you can talk to some of the bigger names in, like, my division, or you go to the Clash and talk to some of those guys, and it's so easy to blind trust them, because what the hell do they have to lose? Yeah. And, and Cap, their whole crew, such good guys, and, like, they're down to earth, and, like, Cap getting out of his car after almost dying at Angel Park, and he just goes, well, that was pretty cool, and then, like, took the GoPro off and gave me the yeah. GoPro, which was just really cool footage all of itself, but, yeah, it was, and they're, they're cool dudes, and mm-hmm. the All-Star Pit, like, um, I, when Tish flipped, when I was helping him in the work area too, like I remember, like we were pushing way too fast through the pits to get him to the work area, which mm-hmm. was really funny. But um, like how many people backed their mules up and just opened up toolboxes and said go? Mm-hmm. Like and yep. it's just the camaraderie in general and like sprint car racing is so much nicer. Because if that were me with a flat tire, even at at a weekly show somewhere. There's nobody helping me. Like, I'm going to yeah. my trailer, and me and Dad are going to go, well, oh, you know, <laughs> and go and home. I guess it's a unique thing, too. Like, I was talking to um, one of Reinhardt's crew guys, because we, we helped them change, <laughs> change the top wing. It was the first time I ever changed a top wing, and I was getting and yelled at the whole time. <laughs> he asked me he asked me what team I was with, because he didn't recognize me. And I was like, well, I'm here with Tyler Tishnorf, some IRA guys, because I was wearing a shoe hoodie. And he was like... You're not. We're we're with an IRA team. And I was like, yeah. He's like, this is weird. He's that apparently that doesn't happen. Other places they go. Oh, like like the local the local teams help out them. Oh, and I was like, oh, IRA guy. Like we do this all the time. Yeah, like whatever an IRA guy comes into the comes into the work area, six teams go down. I mean, look at. Kyle at 141. He came yeah. out of the work area after just like losing it because the car was not Goldsberry's good. team, it was, yeah. Orleans team, like Ern, Rob Nemi. Erner was on the wrenches trying to get that thing figured out, and, yeah. uh, and 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 you know, of course, Jeff and Jim are there, and I was there, and and but there's just so many people that want to help, and it's so yep. weird, especially from where I come from, because if I get a flat tire, people point and laugh. Yeah, it's, they're not helping me. Yeah, other than I mean, the only camaraderie in that situation that I've ever gotten was from. Doug and Tony Wondra yeah. when I had a flat right front and a feature and they changed it for me. Yeah. Like, that was it. Yeah. And I think, I've I've talked to Steve about this and he even said this in an interview on our podcast last year and you should go listen to that. It's awesome. No, but he said that the relationship that he has and the IRA has with the All-Stars is second to none. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, you know, he's just saying that. Ah, Steve. But then <laughs> you watch him and watch the All-Star officials and... Them and the the all star teams and the IRA teams all work together to make that weekend happen, and it is just one of like I got chills like just standing there in the work area watching all star teams come down and help out Sherm when he came into the pits, and then helping out Thiel, and then IRA guys going immediately like without question to go help out Kyle Reinhardt, and like that is something that I think is super unique, and I don't see that like the outlaw guys when they when they come to town. 
they have their they have what sixteen regulars or something like that. So they all just help each other out, and then the IRAs the IRA guys help out help yeah. them out. But when the IRA and the All Stars have a co-sanctioned show, and everybody's helping everybody, and then you go to the drivers' meeting on Sunday at Angel Park, and the All Star officials bring up that they want to come back here again next year, like for more they're gonna they're gonna be year. back here, but they want to come back here for more than one swing. Yeah. Like, that is such a cool thing. And then you got Blake Anderson, you know, talking on Twitter, like, that Plymouth is one of his favorite the, stops. He of the loves year. the Sheboygan stomp. He, he loves does. it when people make an earthquake with their yeah. feet. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just, you know, somebody who'd never been to Plymouth before but follows the All-Stars put, like, a like a track review of Plymouth and whatever. And, it, like, they they gave it, like, a 9 out of 10 on everything. Go to a weekly show. And then Blake was, Blake was talking about, like, you know, that it's just one of his favorite stops of the year. And... Just the Wisconsin swing in general, I think, is so special, and it's just such a cool thing to just be a part of. Which is, again, is one of those moments of clarity that like, I have. Yeah, I used to, you know, go to all star shows, not all star, but like all our shows, and yeah. then you see four tens, and it's like, oh my god, like this is yeah. crazy. And then you're just like down there, like I just happen to know Kyle, and Kyle happens to let me work on his car sometimes. And then I happen to be in the work area, and Kyle Reinhardt happens to flip his dick off, so then I have to. Happened to take his wing off because yep. nobody else is helping him, or even even when uh, Buguski came down there and it was, it was so just funny. like, and one of the push truck driver was telling me, um, what he was gonna do with Kyle Reinhardt yeah. when when he pushed him back out, and I was and I I kind of was like okay, and then I stood back and I was like. Oh shit! He told me that so I could tell Kyle that, yeah. and I lean in and say to Kyle Reinhardt, "Hey, he's gonna push you out, like, and he's gonna." He leave it out of gear because he's just going to push you up into the push off lane, and then you're going to push off from there. Because he didn't want to just push him off right in the middle of the infield. Yeah, it wouldn't have went well. And I was like, "Oh, that's right. He's telling me to tell the guy yeah. who that I like. I watch race all the time on Flow to say, oh shit.' Like, yeah, like, and it's just. And I stood back and I was like, "Huh? That was one of the coolest things <laughs> ever. Like, and it. It's just such a humbling experience too because you're like you. Then you realize like you have that moment of clarity and you're like." I'm so goddamn blessed to to do what I do and like to say that I could do it full time and it's just like it's a complete dream come true because like when I got out of high school I started going out you know and just like hanging around in the pits like with IRA guys and just like just watching around and watching yeah. like just what everybody did and studying how they worked and how the teams you know worked together and I was like oh that's so cool but I'm never gonna I could never do that like you know I thought it was really cool and I loved watching it and I was like. You know, I've never, you know, watching IRA races with my grandpa for forever at Plymouth and just in awe of everything that happened when they came. And now being a part of it is just, it's just such a huge blessing. And I think, you know, if you've been in the IRA for a while, you might take that for granted. And, or even just in the MSA, like even just last year, like helping out Tish. been around racing long enough, I feel like yeah, you take it for granted. Like helping out Tish last year, like for the second half of the year. Like no matter how we did, I was just this. I was just happy to be there. Yeah, you know, and it's the same thing this year, and it's just so cool. And then the fact if you can do well on top of that, like that's why we we're so so goddamn pumped after you know Rice Lake and one forty one because we finally felt like we hit something right, and it was just such a cool feeling as a team to just be there and experience it all and. It's just kind of cool, but now I'm I'm rambling on. So <laughs> somehow we got into the happenstance of the fact that like we're friends with Kyle. So like I don't I don't really know. Like if you just think about it, like me and Kyle haven't been friends for more than a year. Like this, like yeah. it's just now a year. Mm-hmm. But like the fact that I can, if I'm not racing or like now that I'm hurt and like I've been just kind of like helping him. Like the fact that he's 
lets me do that and like be a part of these IRA shows and be yeah. a part of the All Star shows. It's like, man, like I watch this stuff on Flow all the time, and like I watch, you know, like the behind the scenes stuff of like Swindells, you know, mm-hmm. when they make those vlogs. It's just such a cool thing. And then you think about it, you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, like, I'm friends with the dude that I get to do that for sometimes. Yeah. Like, what the hell am I doing with my life, right? Yeah, it's just, it's it's so goddamn cool. But we got to wrap things up here because we got another show to, to record, which will be out next week, Monday. Uh, make sure to go check out Inside the Helmet with uh, Tyler Tishendorf and Trevor Frank from, uh, that episode is out right now. And then uh, this this show will come out, and then we're going to get another Inside the Helmet out uh, next week, Monday. With a so. snow cross racer. We didn't even do round and round stuff. That's right. So it's completely switching gears. Versatile. But, <laughs> but it's going to be pretty cool. And I think that's going to be really cool with that Inside the Helmet show is you get anybody. Yeah. You know, you could even pull in a crew chief or something you like that. You can pull in anybody cool. because there's even, like, not fans, I guess, but, like, crew people. and Promoters. Like, promoters. Like, there's... The, the, the basis of that is just, like, talking about the things nobody likes to talk about mm-hmm. and, like, how uncomfortable it can be to talk about, like, the mental strain. Um, even if you're a weekend racer or you're a crew chief or, like, there's mental strain on everybody in the world doing anything. I don't care if you're a janitor or what, but it being – it's so uncomfortable for people to talk about. But you know me, and I've been pretty open with you, and, and our mm-hmm. friend group's pretty open with each other, so, like – Getting that stuff out there and giving someone a platform to talk about it, and then someone who's going through something gets to listen to that and go, ah, it's not that weird. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a nice little platform. So I, I'm excited because Brian's been through some shit. So, <laughs> and I have actually very exciting news as well. Um, speaking of all stars and Cap Henry and those guys, our next guest on the Box Three Pod next week will be Cap Henry himself, which is going to be very, <laughs> oh, very it's cool. Be so cool. Um, he's coming off a pretty good weekend with the All Stars as well. Um, he's running really good this year, um, which is very, very cool to see. And uh, it's just kind of weird that we can say we like know him now. Which oh, he's a cool guy. I'm on Snapchat. Cool That's weird. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna wrap things up. But uh, thank you to our our partners, Professional Plating, Liquid Nitro Energy Drink, and QualityFreightRate.com. And, uh, yeah, we're going to head out of here. Thank you all for listening. I'm not heading out. I have to do another I know. one. Yeah. We're going to head out of this podcast. And, again, go check out Inside the Helmet with Trevor Frank. That's going to be pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, thank you all for tuning in. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs>